Hello and welcome again to the Strange Brew Podcast. My name's Jason Barnard. That was Katie Tunstall. Suddenly I see from her Live in London album back from 2011, that originally a key track from her debut LP, Eye to the Telescope, from 2004. I've had the privilege of speaking to Katie very recently about her live shows and forthcoming festival date at Cornbury Festival, as well as talking about her new album, Wax, and uh, a range of songs from across her career. So let's listen to my chat with Katie. Uh, this is Katie. Oh, hello, Katie. It's Jason here, Strange Brew. Hello. Hello. Nice to talk to you. You too. We're here to basically talk about, you've got a, a show coming up at Combrey Music Festival on the 6th of July, but this is part of a um, quite a, a wide range of festival shows that you're doing throughout the summer. Yeah, very much so. In terms of your new record or latest album, Wax, yeah. tracks on that album, like Little Red Fred, you've talked about the, that's a song where it's about people making connections with each other. Yeah, just it's really about the sort of acceptance that you're connected to all these people, uh, whether you want to be or not. It's the, it's the way it is. And um, the sort of consequences of that and the joys of that and the difficulties of that. Mm. This is quite an upbeat record. You know, there's many tracks that have got electric guitar on. Yeah. Yeah, I just was really interested in the electric guitar. I wanted to make an album about the body because it's part of this trilogy where it's soul, body and mind. So this is the middle part, which is body. And the electric guitar is definitely kind of such a visceral physical instrument for me and I'm a huge fan of big guitarists on mm. you know with artists like Led Zeppelin and Jack White and Fleetwood Mac and things like that and I really wanted to explore that more and it just and so I actually had the idea for the trilogy because of that because I wanted to make this really physical rock and roll record and it felt very physical and I was like oh wait the last record was all about the soul and I would love to make a record all about the mind so <laughs> that was when it all began after the first one was finished which was odd you talked about that the, the album talks about people's flaws as well well yeah i mean i think it's just the innate the innate experience of having a body and having a <laughs> physical existence <laughs> you know and the first record in the trilogy ken is is really all about this more soulful spiritual side of life that you're sort of you're a, a more existential experience and then it kind of you come down to earth with a bang because you've got to drive this meat car <laughs> for you know however many decades you get and mm. um you, you're always going to make mistakes and you're always going to hurt people and you're always going to get hurt and that's just the way it is
McCarthy on this from uh, Franz Ferdinand. Mm. Mm, that's right. One of the, the songs that you worked with him on was The Night That Bowie Died. Yeah, it's one of my favourite tracks on the album, for sure. And although that's about David Bowie's passing, you've also talked about that that's, you've broadened the feel of that song out so it embodies loss generally. Yeah, I think it was just that really kind of global, collective feeling of loss that the only other time I remember feeling it was when Mm. Princess Diana died and it was like this phenomenon where you know I remember when that happened and people who didn't even Mm. care you know people who weren't that invested in Princess Diana were kind of infected by this this really communal grief it kind of overtook everybody um, in quite a strange way like I'd never seen that happen with this massive global outpouring over the loss of a person. And um, I think that with Bowie, there was maybe even more of a sense that no one had thought about life without him. Mm. And it was just a massive shock because he was, you know, there's just no one like him. It's not like he's the best of a bunch. There's really only one. Mm. There's no, there's no one else in his genre. He made it. He made his own genre. So it's not like, you know, oh, well, this rock and roll star has died. I've still got these rock and roll stars. (laughs) I I think that he was just such a total iconoclast and, you know, Mm. creator of a new world, really. There's a number of tears to cry So welcome to this life Even when we're laughing 
River is another track that you uh, that, that you're playing live quite a lot at the minute. Yeah, I've heard that that's a song that actually dates back a, a decade. Yeah, so I'd written it around the time of the second album, Drastic Fantastic, and it was we recorded it. It was with my friend Martin Treffa, who I wrote Other Side of the World with, and Funny Man, and loads of songs I've written with Martin. And that one, I knew it was great, but I didn't quite have the lyrics right. And mm. we also recorded it more of a more like a ballad. And oh. I just never loved it. Like I, I knew it was a good song, but it just mm. didn't hit me properly. And then when I was making this record, and it was all about the electric guitars, I just thought, wait, we could, you know, this song could. I mean, I think a good song can be played in many different ways. Yeah, I think that's kind of a given. And um, so when I came around to thinking about that song and making the song fit the kind of stylistic ideas that I was having, I'm, I was extremely excited about how that would sound and it mm. really, the song itself fit the theme of the album so well. I'm holding on to something I don't want to hold on to I'm really 
tracks that you're most connected with is Black Horse and the Cherry Tree. Yeah. From a, a live perspective, how, how do you do it these days? Have you got a band or have you got kind of more of a stripped back setup? I'll always play it solo even if I've got a band. Right. Um, and what I do with the band is I start it with the lead pedal and then the band come on. Mm. We usually do a mashup with Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes <laughs> or we do Black Betty by Ram Jam and have a, have a jam with the band. So we finish it big but um, it's how a lot of people came to know what I do was me with the loop pedal on my own so I think that's still a really important part of my live show is mm. to let people see that in person 
And it's amazing to think that it's 15 or so years since... It's crazy. <laughs> it doesn't feel like 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, in in some ways, it feels like a completely different lifetime. And But it's, it, it's crazy now because I have young adults mm. who are 20, you know, finished college <laughs> or whatever, coming up and just saying, I've been listening to you all my life. Yeah. My dad used to play you to me in the car when I was three. It's a beautiful new wave of experience of, of people connecting to the music because you don't think about that when you're writing something that someone's going to grow up with your album. Oh, no, no. 
One of the tracks that, that really resonates to me that is from your arm Tiger Suit is Still a Weirdo. And I think, oh, thank you. <laughs> for me, you know, some of the, the, the best artists, you know, like John Lennon, David Bowie, sometimes songs that they write provide a window into their lives or their soul. Yeah. And there's got that honesty there. Is that something that you aim for with that, that particular song? Yeah, I think that it's a really, it's a cornerstone of being a good writer is, mm. is being vulnerable. You have to, you've got to share. Because I think that the best the best potential for a song, well, the best potential for a song as a fan, if I'm listening to music, is I hear a song that says something mm. that I relate to, but I've not been able to express. Yeah. And I listen to that song and I go, oh my God, that's exactly how I feel. And it's such a relief to find a song that says it, mm. um, that says it for you. And you can lose yourself in that song and you can express those feelings and off they go out into the ether and they're not clogging up your insides anymore. Um, so it's, um, I think that's, that's part of the responsibility as a, as a writer is to, is to offer that mm, mm, mm. to people. Is songs that, you know, and you don't know what's going what's gonna to resonate with anyone. So you just write for yourself, really. But, um, mm. but I think writing um, with a kind of, balance of honesty and strength is I mean Fleetwood Mac are the masters of that for me and Tom Petty just vulnerability and strength in equal measure and you just keep going to further and further ends of the spectrum Took for granted that things would all 
linked in with that honesty as well as what you were touching upon before, which is different arrangements. Um, yeah. Feel it all from a visible empire crescent moon yeah. has different versions of that. Yeah, so there was we did a we did a studio version with a band. Uh, I recorded it all live to tape, but the band version had come out a bit jolly. I did, it was a little bit too upbeat. Yeah, and the label typically absolutely loved that version. And I'd done another version with them. Um, oh God, I forget his last name at the moment. It's come to me. It's the drummer down in Bristol, but he'd produced mm. um, a different version, which was much more akin to what I wanted, which was very sparse and stripped down, and a bit more pensive. And um, mm. and basically, I said to the record label, "All right, we can put the we can put the, the the bar version out as a single, as long as you let me do two videos, one for the up one and one for the less up one." And, and that was a great mm. that was a great compromise because I got to make more art, and that was cool. And and now when I play it, I just play it solo, and I get everyone singing it with me. It's really nice. Rain's been falling on me I've been covered in cold I've been shrouded in doubt My heart is on a wire Sitting pretty like a bird But the hunter is out And the eagle is heard The word that I've
you've touched on this is that Wax is the, the second part of a trilogy, whereas mm. Kin was the first part. And, you know, with, with songs from that album, like It Took Me So Long to Get Here, mm. but here, here I Am fit into that. Was it kind of the, the soul spirit element? Yeah, that's the soul, that all about the soul. And it was, um, it was just, I'm a big Carol King fan. And I think that Tapestry is, is a, mm. is a real songwriter's Bible, really. And she's very, very good at reminding you that you should just sometimes just absolutely say it how it is. You don't need to dress it up. You don't need to be a poet. Sometimes you just need to say the very simple words of what you're feeling.
talked about different arrangements and, and sometimes playing different arrangements bring a, a new vibrancy, playing it live. Oh, yeah. I think sometimes you have to do it as well because you do get bored of songs. Mm. Um, I, I went through that with Other Side of the World. I just got a yeah. bit bored of it and people love that song. So I don't want to deprive people from hearing it just because I've got a bit bored of it. So I just went through a few different iterations. I took it to a more electronic place. I took it to like a big beat place where it was mm. kind of more about the sound of the beat. And and then I've come back around once I've been playing with the girls in the band. It's just mm. come back to being how it was. And it's a real rock version now. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's I think it's a great exercise if you find that, you know, you're becoming a bit worn out with a song is just to, to play around with it or not play it for a while.
of the the more recent tracks that you've done is, uh, and you mentioned Tom Petty earlier, is uh, your, your own version of yeah. "I Won't Back Down," which really fits into the the sort of political yeah. uh, movement at the minute. It's really nice that song because it means that you can basically make a political <laughs> statement without having to get too specific. Mm. Um, it's an incredibly powerful song. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So Tom Petty was was an influence on you. Oh, hugely! Yeah, he just. Mm. He was just an absolute master craftsman, mm. just so good at, at, you know, his lyrics just kill me. They're so, sometimes so simple, but just so emotive. And you can see it like a film when he's singing. Same with Bob Dylan. Yeah. It's like, it's like watching a movie. Mm. And it's the best kind, you know, when your brain, when your brain's imagining it. Stand me up at the gates of hell, but I 
just to, to close, um, and obviously you kind of talk about your forthcoming show at Cornbury as well as other festival dates. Are there any particular songs that are, are lesser known that, that you do live that the fans, uh, you know, really kind of look for? Yeah, there's a song called The Healer, which is on the new record, but it was on the new record because it was actually on an EP that came out before Kim. Ah. And it was a bit of a reset button because I'd made Invisible Light Empire Crescent Moon and it was a folk record, basically. And um, I think there was a bit of an, a kind of opinion that perhaps because I was getting older, I was starting to make quieter music. <laughs> and I was like, wait, no, my dad died. I got divorced. It was just a mood. Mm. And um, the healer was very much a kind of reset button of that. I'm not making what, you know, I'm not changing what I do. And there's definitely this color of still a very rock and roll color to what I'm doing. And and we ended up closing out festivals with that song, even though it wasn't on an album. So it really felt like it deserved to be on a record. And it, sh- it was a rock song, so it should be on this one. Mm. Um, but it's one that people, if they haven't listened to the whole album, won't know. But it really just, mm. people love it. It's just a headbanger. Well, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate the time yeah, to talk course. to you. And all the best for, for yeah. what hopes to be a brilliant summer. Thank you so much for, for the research and listening to all the stuff. I really appreciate it. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks a lot. All right, Cheers. bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Strange Brew Podcast. If you do like the show, please consider a small donation to help keep the show archive online. It's been almost 10 years since I started the podcast and hosting fees are increasing over time. All your support keeps the show running and helps me get amazing guests. To support me, just go to thestrangebrew.co.uk where you'll see a donate button on the homepage. Thank you very much. Plus, any reviews on your podcast services help to spread the word too. Thank you.